Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You know the difference between hockey and those other sports? You gotta be tough to be a hockey I idolized Dominic Kaczyk. I played goalie because of Dominic Kaczyk. My life in hockey has been started because of Sabres hockey. I didn't need playoffs this year. I wanted it, but I didn't need it. But when you screw up for the fans as much as the team has over the last, like, five years, and just don't hold yourself accountable, I'm sorry. I'll hang up and listen. I'm sorry. Welcome to Two Goalies, One Mike, an in-depth look and behind-the-mask conversation about the greatest game on earth, where everything goes and nothing's off limits. Now I'll tell you something about this guy. This is only three minutes, eh? Whammo! Woo! Welcome to All Hang Up and Listen! Brought to you by Fatty Beer Company and, of course, Buffalo Logo Apparel. Fatty Beer, Buffalo's premier market and tap room in all of Western New York. Seven different New York, uh, Western New York locations. Open seven days a week from 11.30 a.m. till 10.30 p.m. and later. And live entertainment, trivia, and music at all seven locations on a weekly basis. And Western New York's one of, one of Western New York's only kid and dog-friendly buyers. And let's not forget... Buffalo Logo Co Apparel. That was a terrible transition with the hat. Uh, Buffalo Logo uh, Co Apparel. Buffalo's best spot for all of your Buffalo sports needs when it comes to your shirts, your hats, your hoodies, all local local designs, and they support a lot of local businesses. Make sure you check them out. Tell them Google is one Mike sent you. Get your hands on this beautiful, beautiful Buffalo hockey trucker hat uh, with the old school throwback NHL shield. Uh, Curls, Sabres, kickoff 2024. Uh, Devin Levi returns home and Jason Pominville in the crowd tonight uh, for an absolute blast of a hockey game, uh, dominating more so in the third period, especially the uh, Montreal Canadiens 6-1. to Yeah, new year, new team, hopefully. Uh, I guess yeah, right. that's to be determined on Saturday, see if they can get their second two-game win streak of the year. But at least tonight, they looked a little bit like the team that we came used that we became used to last season. They right. had a lot of really, really good chances. Uh, it was a little bit of a slow start. I think it was for everybody, but at least offensively, it seemed as though they had a little bit of swagger back. It seemed like they stopped thinking as much as they have been about this new system that's been instated that encouraged them to play a little bit more in the neutral zone, a little bit better defensively, and they just played hockey, which is kind of what I think a lot of us want want from them in the second half of the season and it's not even the second half of the season so there's a little bit of hope there given how disappointing of a start it's been but I think tonight in general obviously the Canadians are the best team but I do believe it's a good sign moving forward yeah I mean I I don't know and you know we're actually going to debut the inaugural episode of hockey hotline here tonight we had three callers call in a couple of friends of the program and you know, what is keeping this team from being not even just being this team consistently, just being this team two games in a row. It drives me nuts. Yeah. I, I, I think it's pretty inexplicable, but I think a lot of it is mental They're They have been gripping their sticks too tight. I think they've had a lot of opportunities at least recently in the past month or so, but they just haven't been scoring goals. I, uh, I was at the game, two games in Buffalo uh, against the Bruins and which was largely just a bad game in general, but also against the blue jackets. And they absolutely dominated the Blue Jackets. And that game never should have gone into overtime. But they could not capitalize as much as, as much as they wanted to. But tonight, they had 38 shots on goal, but six goals, obviously three in the third period. But they still had a lot of really, really good opportunities. And they did capitalize, particularly on the power play, which I'm sure we'll get into. But, uh, yeah, it, it looked a little bit like the team, especially on the road, that we were used to seeing last season. They played with a lot of swagger and a lot of confidence on the road last year. Obviously, that needs to translate at home. Coming up here, they have six home games in a row. 
after the game against Pittsburgh on uh, on Saturday. So that's going to need to translate in front of the home crowd. But this is a stretch, a very winnable stretch of games in January up until they go on the West Coast road trip. I, I do believe it's possible for them to get back in it. They, they got to start winning five of seven, seven of nine, nine of 11. But once they do that, at least the vibes will be back and the, the, the belief that they can get back into this race. Yeah, I mean, I know there's a lot of teams below them in the standings. Ottawa being one of them that have a lot of games in hand on Buffalo. So, you know, we've heard a lot that, yeah, I mean, maybe we had them in the standings, but Buffalo's in trouble if they don't start winning because, you know, all it takes is Ottawa to rip off a couple wins. And right there, they're right there with you in the standings ahead of you. You're currently, before tonight's game, you're seventh in the Atlantic. Um, I, 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 For me, it's just like, is this a structure problem with coaching? Is it like Mike Carrington says a lot? It's the players on top of the coaching. I mean, we have seen a ton of regression from a lot of players, even before tonight with Paige Thompson, Dylan Cousins. You know, Jeff Skinner is always the guy who's going to score consistently. He's always going to do his job uh, for lack of lacking what he does defensively. You know, he always shows up offensively. Um, I, and I don't know. I don't know. I'm not in favor of firing Granado at all. Um, I just want a team that's, I want, I want a franchise that's going to stick with a, a same head coach in the same NGM for two seasons in a row. Let him ride out the season. Hopefully he writes this ship and gets off to where he, you know, left off last season where we were one point away from making the playoffs. I don't know. I, I, I just need this power play. And that's one of the big things, too. We saw finally the power play broke through, you know, a two, like two for four or two for five tonight. Um, you still give a shorthanded goal, but like, like that is one of the things that's really holding you back is the lack of special team scoring. Um, what it, and we're going to talk to those callers about this here in a minute. What has to be done on the ice and from a coaching standpoint to get this product on a game on a, a night by night basis? I mean, quicker starts, number one. I, I think it's helpful that they scored the first goal tonight. Uh, I that hasn't happened very much this entire season. I'd, I'd say that it's probably been less than 40% of the games that they've, they've scored the first goal. So I think that really helps. I think this team does not do nearly as well. They don't run their systems as well. They're not as effective offensively when teams obviously clog up the neutral zone, as, as we've seen many times this year. So getting off to hot starts, uh, I think it's really important. And, and that's both defense and offense, obviously. But uh, that's going to make a huge difference moving forward. They need to score the first goal as much as they possibly can. And even if they don't, game's not over when it's one nothing. It feels like sometimes this season that once a quick goal goes in or even the first goal of the game in the second period goes in, this team just loses all of their mojo and their ability to execute anything that they want. And they start gripping their sticks a little bit tighter and they can't score goals. So I think that is where you start. Uh, they, they always say game by game, night by night, just got to go in there. And the simplest way to do that is get off to a good start and go from there. And I think they did a really good, good job of that tonight. And then obviously the second thing that we've talked about a lot, and it obviously needs to be better, but it was tonight, is the power play. And I think there was a tangible change tonight with what they did, especially down, down low, below the hash marks. First goal, uh, Skinner got, got down low, got a pass from Darlene, and Middlestat came in from the other side. Nice pass, one-timer goal. Almost the exact same play, opposite side of the ice, tuck over to Skinner about two or three minutes later and it's into goal. I uh, cannot stress enough that they need a little bit more passing and cohesion on the power play, as, as we saw last year. Mostly with Tate from that half wall, but teams have kind of figured that out. If they don't have that, they got to take that away. But you at least saw a little glimmer of hope tonight. You obviously cannot keep doing that exact play, but those options – on either side of the net, down down and close, are going to open other things up, particularly in the slot, probably. Yeah, I can't agree with you more, man. Um, you know, you know how they tried to find different ways to use that bumper position to their advantage. It was essentially the same play on the power play, just on opposite sides, uh, opposite side back doors. The first one to in the middle stat, and I, I when I was watching that play, like kind of you know happen, it was almost like it was taking forever. For, for him to get that pass over to middle step. I'm like, oh my God, he's there. He's there. He's there. He's there. He's there. Get it to him. And then finally uh, it goes in. I was just like, holy shit, man. Why do they make this look so hard every single game? Look, I know, I know the power, the penalty kill in Montreal is horrid, but like, 
you guys have the talent to be one of the better power plays in the National Hockey League. There's nothing keeping you but your, from yourselves. And getting bodies to the net, and even when you know the, the nice tic-tac-toe passing isn't really working for you, there's nothing stopping you from getting to the net. Get, you know, like, look at the one only goal, for instance, that was scored um, scored on Levi tonight. You know, a terrible play by Darlene. It was a shorthanded goal. But, like, look what a screen can do. Look at the disallowed goal. He never saw that. Granted, it was a goalie interference. But, like, just get bodies to the net. Get bodies on that and make it hard for whoever's in that to at least see the shot. Hopefully you get a second chance because that isn't always going to work the way it did tonight on the, on the power play. Sometimes it just takes getting a buck on that and hoping for a second opportunity. Um, if they can get this power play rolling to your point, like this team can, I'm not going to say be dangerous, but they can position themselves again. Again, the Eastern conference hasn't exactly been a powerhouse this year. The Sabres through all their struggles, are still in it. Like, just get this power play going, rip off a couple winning streaks here, two, two, three games in a row here, you know, three, four games in a row there. Like, you could get right back into this. Yeah. Uh, Philadelphia's at 19, 13, and six, and they're in the first wildcard spot right now. That's, that's 500. So it's not out of the question that the Sabres can climb back in. And if they do, let's say it's early February, mid February, trade deadline's coming up, you potentially could bring a forward in that possesses those same types of qualities that we've talked about. A guy like Brendan Gallagher on the Canadians tonight does that exact thing in front of the net, gets in people's faces, gets dirty goals. Not nearly enough dirty goals from this team, as we've talked about a lot. Uh, and that, that needs to be a point of emphasis moving forward. But I do think if they do get themselves into, the, in, into contention, similar to where they were last year and they went out and got Jordan Greenway, obviously he's been much better this year than he was at the end of last season as he's gotten accustomed to the team a little bit more. But you go and get a guy like that. Obviously, Oposo's week to week right now. Who knows when he'll be back. I think you can make up for not doing anything during the summer by hopefully going out and getting someone to help you potentially make the playoffs if you get yourself into that position. Because if you don't, you might be a seller. Uh, call this a wasted season or, or a lost season, what have you. But uh, I, I do believe that fast starts and the power play are the, are the two main keys for this team moving forward. And I'll as we saw tonight, you need good goaltending. You need good defensive awareness in the zone. You don't, you can't have turnovers in your own end. Obviously, these are all things that hockey teams need to have on a nightly basis. But Sabres got all of them tonight. And it's a 6-1 win. Not against a very good team, but I think it's a stepping stone, especially first game of the new year. Here's the thing, though. Like, you show up against, for the most part, against the good teams. These are the games you have to play like this. You have to dominate like this. And they did, finally. Again, most of the scoring came in the third period when you got Montreal on their heels. But I I, I said it. We said it on two goalies with Mike. Two goalies with Mike, uh, in game notes, you know, don't play, don't play to not lose. Play to win. And there's yeah. a difference. Playing not to lose is play on your heels. Constantly defending, gripping your stick tight, hoping and praying that you get to that final buzzer. Sabres didn't play to not lose in the third period. They played to win, and they won decisively. They put a bad team on their heels, and a goalie who – I'll credit to Jake Allen, man. Like, he's been in the league for quite some time now. I've always liked him, um, but he's not a true 1A, and you took advantage of that, uh, and you, you pumped you, – what, what was two two of the goals were empty nutters, I believe, right? Or was it one of them? No, no. The sixth goal um, was a two on one. I mean, he had no chance. But yeah. Tage went. Tage there went there was shot. one empty nutter. I know that. And then yeah, um, Dowling got the the fifth goal. Yes. They, they pulled the goalie. They're down four one with five minutes and forty seconds left. Pretty aggressive move by Martin San Louis, but I honestly respect it. I yeah. Think, why not? Uh, if you think you can get back in the game, you might as well. Uh, who cares if another goal score? All it took so, is one. Uh, All it takes yeah, is one. I mean, get it right back in there. Yeah. So, four one, uh, make it four two. It's a hockey game again. To his credit, Dellin's, uh he's pretty accurate on those empty net goals. He's had a few of those in his career. So uh, that that was pretty impressive. But uh, as you speak of goaltending, uh, Devin Levi in his hometown tonight was was unbelievable. Uh, from the opening save, where he does a full split across his crease on a on a two on one backdoor play, and it wasn't even just that. There were like three or four rebound opportunities after that where he somehow sealed the ice in that situation it blew it blows my mind how he's one of the best that's sealing that sealing the ice man he really is crazy though like he is completely middle split without question shows his flexibility his athleticism 
And then many times throughout the game, I think his crease movement was really good. I think he struggled with being a little bit too deep in his net at points this year, uh, probably giving up goals that he himself would have wanted back. I think he's, as a 21, 22-year-old kid, getting adjusted to the speed and the pace of the game and the types of shots and, and goals that a lot of the best players in the world can score, which makes complete sense. But I do think a night like tonight, as we've seen from him, he's had a lot of really, really good games this year as well. I think a night like tonight is another really big stepping stone for him. Yeah. You see that, that stat on Jeff Skinner? No, uh, him against the Canadians. Yeah. How what he the only company so the only company Jeff Skinner is in uh for that not legendary stat, but it's 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 noteworthy. Wayne Gretzky, the great one, Super Mario, Mario Lemieux, and now joining that circle, or not even a circle, just like a, a game of catch, uh, is uh Jeff Skinner. Uh with three points in tonight's game, Jeff Skinner has recorded 15 points in his last six games in Montreal. Only Mario Lemieux, 16 points from 2002, and Wayne Gretzky, 17 points from 1985 to 1988, have recorded more points <coughs> Excuse me, in a six-game road spam against the Canadians in NHL history. I mean, to, to, uh, to his credit, man, all he does is produce offensively. Again, you can talk about his defensive prowess or lack thereof all day long to your blue in the face or red in the face, whatever. But – yeah, it's impressive company to be in for Jeff Skinner. Yeah, it's uh, it's not bad. Anytime you're talked with Mario Lemieux in the same sentence, uh, yeah. I took him to get a point and a goal tonight. So shout out to me. I saw that stat right before puck drop. I uh, jumped on that as quickly as I possibly could. But at the same time, he's done this pretty consistent consistently for the Sabers since he joined the team in 2018. Aside from the months we will not speak of with with Ralph Kruger, he's been strikingly consistent as an offensive player his entire career, not only with the Sabres, but also with the Hurricanes. He has yet to play a playoff game, and I feel so bad for, for this man. Right. He is two months older than me. He's 31 years old. He's been in the league since he was 18. I think that it would be one of the best stories in hockey if he can get to the playoffs. Finally, with, uh, right? With, with this team this year. Finally, finally taste the postseason. I, I, I want it so bad just as a Sabres fan, but especially for a guy like Jeff who – it's taken a lot of criticism over his career for being like a one-trick pony. Obviously, he had that year and a half with Thou Who Shall Not Be Named where he was wrongfully punished to either the fourth line or the press box. Um, I would love to see that for Jeff Skinner in the same season. He gets a 1,000 games. Uh, same thing for Kyle Ocposo. It would be great. Um, we're going to kick it, and this is more of like a trial run that we did with this. Um, Connor, you weren't a part of it. I apologize for that. I was just really – all over the place trying to make this work, uh, trying to figure out how it would work. Um, obviously, you will be a part of it in the future, and I did save the last question for us both to answer. Uh, we did have three callers in the inaugural episode, segment of Hockey Hotline, throwback to Mike Robitaille. Uh, can't wait to see how this works out. It did go a little lengthy, so again, it's a, it's a trial and error thing. So we're going to kick it over to those three guys who uh, did call in, Matt, Frank, and friend of the program, Steve Bennett. Uh going to kick it over to that right now. Just give me one moment. Remember, trial and error, everybody. Forgive me. Where is it? Oh, there we go. Hockey Hotline, everybody. And welcome to the inaugural episode of Hockey Hotline by Fatty Beer Company and Buffalo Go Co. Um, I am joined here, very first ever caller on Hockey Hotline, by Matt, also known to you as Paramount Pictures. Matt, Sabres, first win of 2024. Tell me how you feel, bud. Cautiously optimistic, man. And I'll ask you one thing. I mean, I asked you on Twitter, like 45 seconds, the kid line was buzzing around, skating circles around the team. I've seen it so many times this year and last year as well. And then just a minor breakdown, and we let the softy. This time it was, you know, a penalty was called, but we still let in the shorty. I mean, it, that that's just, you know, kind of our power play for this year. What do you think? Um, I Again, they were one of the best power plays uh, in the league last year, and they've gone from essentially, you know, best to last, I would say. 
Um, I, I, I really don't know what the issues have been. You have a lot of guys underperforming. Um, you start off hot with uh, you scoring your second and third power play opportunity. And um, then you go from that to that absolute stinker where you see Darlene getting lazy with the puck, get his pocket picked. And then uh, Armia, who always seems to score against his former team, drives me nuts, uses Darlene as a screen and picks Levi top corner. Uh, yeah, I, I really don't know what the issue there is. If it's a coaching thing or, or as Mike Heron does a lot, it's, it's, it's a player thing. Um, you guys need to be better prepared, uh, <clears throat> know your roles on the special teams, um, and just play fearless. In my opinion, I, I don't really have an answer for that. Um, but we do know these guys are capable of it and having Jack Quinn back has been an absolute breath of fresh air. And hopefully they mix these, these power play lines up, uh, much like they did tonight and get a better result. And, uh, you know, thank, thank, thank the Lord for Casey Middlestat, who I think is robbed of an opportunity to play in this year's all-star game. Hopefully the fans can vote him. Thank you, Matt, for hopping in, bud. Appreciate you. Our first inaugural caller, Matt on hockey hotline. Next we bring in from former, former, a, a blast from the past, Frank Zawadzinski, buddy. Right here. How long has What's it up, been? Brother? I can't see at the Sabres games. Thanks for coming in on the inaugural episode of Hockey Hotline, bud. Thanks for having me. What's going on, man? How are you? Not it's great much, to man. see I'm you. Ecstatic. Best. Uh, we're one and zero in twenty twenty four. Just like ever, yes. just like anybody else has won uh, so far this year. So I mean, uh, super pumped for that. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of you know, I'm. It's a little. It's been a rocky road. That's one thing that we both can agree on. Yeah, and uh, I'm a little skeptic. I, we need to keep this going. We need to uh, continue, especially the power play. I mean, look at what we did today. I mean, we got to keep that rolling. If that's not going to roll, we're the Sabers aren't going to roll. So, um, love seeing Jack Quinn just keep on just putting them in. Um, the one thing that is kind of troubling to me has been like sometimes you, you have you noticed those like mental lapses where Darlene like he's elite we know he's elite you all know how good he, is, yeah he makes those like mental lapses like I know on the last caller you were talking about like Joel Armia he he scores every, every game his first goal is disallowed and he said screw it he scores on us shorthanded exactly. I, it drives me nuts man it drives exactly. me absolutely nuts. but but i've i've noticed those where dalene like he just makes those mistakes those little mistakes when we don't need him to of course today we didn't really it didn't really make a difference because we did outscore but like sometimes he just makes those mistakes and it just it annoys me sometimes and i love the guy he's He's the bread and butter of this team. If we didn't have him, you know, where yeah. would we really be, especially in the hole we're in right now? Yeah. But no, go ahead. Keep going. No, you can keep going. I, no, um, I want to hear what you guys say. Listen, listen, like when it comes to Darlene, and this goes for Owen Power too, and Sammy this season, it's just been Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, right? Like yep. offensively, yeah, that's why Darlene has made the All Star game. We know it's a popularity contest, usually. Guys like Darlene, like Eichel, when he was here, are going to be playing in that game. But for me, like, it's just complete polar opposite of what he was in the defensive zone last year compared to this year. You know, you expect him to be your best defenseman on both sides of the ice, mm -hmm. and he just hasn't been. Um, you know, same thing for Owen Power. You know, people call it a sophomore slump. I really don't know. It's just, you know, it, it comes down to mechanics for me. Um Maybe maybe that was a little bit of cockiness on his part when he when he uh, you know got his pocket picked by Armia there and he just you know I'll maybe chalk it up to that but mm. I mean that was a lazy play that was a very lazy play and he paid for it um, so I don't really know uh, for me like an answer for that if it's coaching like Mike I said on the last caller Mike Harrington you know he chalks it up to it's partly coaching but mostly it's the players and. I, I say that too. Like, you know, structurally, they have been one of the worst teams in the National Hockey League in the D zone this year. Um, and not that that was a situation where structure had anything to do with it. Um, that was just a stupid, stupid play on Darlene's part. But I don't know. I, I, uh, I, I'm willing to give Granado, at least Granado, till the end of this season to figure it out because I'm sick and tired of constantly changing coaches in this franchise. I've always said it's difficult for any player or any team 
or any core players to find success when there's so much changeover in the two Absolutely. most important positions in your in your organization, coach and GM. So I'd like to have like two full seasons where we have the same coach and GM just to see how it pans out. This was a great start to 2024. Your power play was buzzing. Granted, you give up a shorty. Uh, Devin Levi looked fantastic in front of the hometown. Um, Dude, that last that that one like glove where he windmill windmill Wednesday on that was that was fantastic. I was going nuts on that one. Yeah, I I, I listen. I, I I hopefully they get back to their the, you know some of the things they were doing last year. Finger Renato kind of say you know he's going to kind of take take the reins on the power play. Um, I, I kind of look at this almost of like, like a Ken Dorsey McDermott over the Bills thing. Are they being overcoached? Are is he asking them to play outside of themselves? You know, kind of like we saw with Ralph Kruger with Jeff Skinner and those teams. You know, he tried mm-hmm. to turn them into a defensive, a defensive shutdown team when they just weren't. Is that what's been happening here? And that's what's led to the lack of scoring. I don't know because scoring chances are down, shots on net are down, shoot it, shot, shoot it, shot, uh, shooting attempts are down. Like every offensive statistic essentially is down for this team. And today with the shooting, though, I feel like they really they oh yeah. Shot. Every yeah. oh. every chance, and but Tuck needs to start hitting the hitting the net. Yeah. <laughs> that guy, he's today he probably yeah. has four or five that just went wide. I mean, I like what you said about going back with Donnie. Like, I don't think he's going anywhere. No, I mean, neither do I. I really don't. I don't think he's going for a while. I mean, he signed. You know, Pagul is not going to pay him to sit at home. We no. we've seen it. Like he he's still got. He's been paying guys that aren't on the that aren't on the bench for how many years, you know? So I think we're gonna we're gonna see Donnie stick it out. I, I hope that they turn it around. I hope like mm-hmm. what do we got? We got Pittsburgh, we got Ottawa coming up. Um who's yep. gonna know the Kraken who I mean, I could see us winning Pittsburgh. I could see us maybe making it a game out of the Kraken. Yeah. We're gonna we gotta win one against Ottawa. Like I mean, if we could get four here, that's eight points. Let's let's you know that changes things a little bit. I mean, yeah. could you imagine going on a four-game winning streak? We we haven't had a, I just want a two more game than a two. <laughs> I just want a two-game winning streak. Hey, Frank, thanks for hopping in, man. I appreciate it. To Pew, to Pew, old old school to Pew stomping grounds, playing yeah. cards, playing street hockey, the good old John Egan days. Oh, uh, John Egan. I just saw John yesterday. So. Yeah, yeah, he's a good dude. Um, shout out to John Egan. Shout out to John Egan. I hope to hear from you more on the post game. Uh, we're going to kick it over here to another friend of the program, Mr. Stephen Bennett from the Sportscasters podcast. Uh, Steve, before you get your thoughts on Sabres game, you got some big news, right? Yeah, I just posted the uh, season 14, uh, episode one, my interview with Bob Costas I did earlier tonight. Dude, that's great. I'm so happy for you. A couple clicks for Mr. Bennett. Uh, Crazy. Bob Costas on the podcast. Uh, same you know, I, I, I kind of went to Bob Costas University over the break. You know, I was watching everything I could watch, yeah. reading everything I could read. And I was fine. I was prepared. I was ready. I didn't start flipping out until I searched his name in the podcast app and seen how few he's actually done. And then the ones he's done is like Simmons and Mike Lupica, like his buddies. Yeah. Not a lot of jabronis in their bed- bedrooms in North Tonawanda have booked Bob Costas. Then I started to freak out player. a little bit. Representing like, Am I good enough for this? Here. Whatever. And But turned out good. I'm happy with it. Yeah. Repping the spare bedroom here in, in the city of town. Yeah. Exactly. Um, no, I, I'm super happy for you, man, Bob Costas. Now you're in that small circle, right? You know, you know that's something. You know, you're definitely worthy of that. I mentioned to you in text messages before. Uh, again, super excited for you. Sabers win six to night, six to one night, but yeah. um, starting off 24, uh, 2024 the right way. Power two power play goals. Um, I think we might have been stealing music from Napster the last yeah. time the Sabers scored two power play goals. Period. And the same period, even. Yeah, what are your thoughts? Any, any, you know, well, share your thoughts. Uh, did on, you on see the play? list of players that Casey Middlestat has more five-on-five five points than? Yeah, like, how is he? How is he? I, I get it that the, the All-Star Games like a big, you know, popularity contest. But if there's a player on this team that deserves to be there, it's Casey Middlestat. 
he's been the best player consistently all year long. He's had a great season. And I think the person who tweeted the list initially, his point was imagine if he could get a power play and he started the game tonight with the power play goal. Yep. And a good play by him to drive to the net as soon as he saw Skinner go their way and he got to the net. And um, we've talked independently about where I'm at with this team. And admittedly, it's very frustrated. But the thing that's frustrated me the most this year are the lineups. And I've said this to you that I just haven't felt like they're putting out a lineup that puts them in the best position to consider their evolution. Yep. And it's be one thing if they were winning and you could come back at me and say, yeah, we don't have a lot of kids in, but you know, it's the Greenways and the Akposos and the Gergensons and the Yost. These are the guys that are, are keeping the back end of this team alive yep. and winning games. But absent of that, I think that they, and this is, I guess, my question to you. I wonder what you think about, I think that they need to going forward here, focus more on putting lineups that include players that are going to be here when we're winning playoff rounds and winning a Stanley cup, things that I believe could be there. I think that they've collected a group of under 25 talent that developed the right way that put in the right positions could give us an era like we had in 05 and 06 when we had young Drew Stafford and young Thomas Vanek, not in the top six, Bottom six. It was okay. We put them down there. Yep. It made those teams great. And I'm not saying that Kulik or whatever name you want to throw out would go into the lineup and would be Thomas Vanek or be Drew Stafford. But let's give him a shot because you know who's not going to be Thomas Vanek or Drew Stafford? Jordan Greenway or Kyle Poso or, and again, one or two of those guys is okay. Yeah. I think every team needs a Greenway. Too many. Too many. And that's, that's been my beef. So I wonder what you think, what others think about that. And and maybe even a simpler question is, what do you want to see out of this team in the 40 games that are left or 50, whatever many are left, you know, besides the obvious, like we all want to see them in the playoffs or we'd all love to see a 10 game. Hell, we'd all love to see a three game winning streak, right? We'd love to see those things. But beyond that, absent of, I don't want to say a miracle at this point, although we're getting close. What do you want to see that puts us in the best position moving forward? And I think those are the things I want to see more than I want to see the coach fired or the GM fired or anything like that. I want to see what the talent they've collected can actually do. And I don't mean you call the kid up and give him a minute and 44 and then send him back where he came from. Who did they do that to this year? Was it Savoy or someone played? Rosen. Yeah. Rosen, whoever. I mean, that's ridiculous. I want to see some guys come up get a chance, see where they fit, see what it looks like, give them some NHL experience, some NHL time. I know it's not going to be perfect. I know they might make mistakes, but guess what? So are the guys playing now. Yep. They haven't I had a two-game winning streak yet, right? So, or whatever it is. So that's where I'm at, Dwayne. No, I appreciate your thoughts. We're actually going to answer yours live later on the show, so make sure you check it out. I will. Um, I'm proud know. of you what you're doing. Keep grinding, buddy. Thanks, buddy. If you want to catch Steve, uh, and his interview with Bob Costas. Check out him on Twitter at sports underscore casters. Uh, one of the one of the original OGs that got me into doing this, and what the reason why I'm still doing this. Steve, thank you for being on an inaugural. Uh, I'm here for you anytime you need me. All right. Absolutely, bud. Let's get you on the pod again soon. All right. Looking forward to it. All right. Can't hear you. I mute monster myself. Uh, the inaugural episode or segment of uh, Hockey Hotline. Um, I wouldn't say one off without a hitch. Uh, I think genuinely probably wanted to be a lot shorter. I definitely gave our callers a lot more leash because I wasn't sure how it was going to go. Um, but I thought it went really well. So uh, thank you to Matt, Frank, and Steve for calling in. Uh, hopefully we see you guys again. And we get more of you, uh, our viewers, who are with us here every single ga- uh, post game. On with us, and we'll answer Steve's question there at the end. Uh, I'm sure you were listening, Connor. Your thoughts um, on the lineup that Buffalo has fielded this year compared to what it could be? You see guys like Yuri Kulik tearing it up in the AHL and the World Juniors. We saw Noah Austin and what he was able to do uh, in the World Juniors so far. He's been their best player uh, for for Sweden. Um, 
you know, all the other prospects they have from Isaac Rosine, Matthew Savoy, you know, he tried to compare it to the 05, 06, 06, 07 Sabres that was full of nothing but youth. And while they did have certain veterans on the team, um, but the veterans that they did have that were 30 or older contributed in much different ways than our veterans currently do. Would you like to see a lineup more consisting of guys like Kulik in the second half of the season, uh, adding more speed and more touch and more skill to your bottom six? Or do you think we should ride out what we've been doing and hope that maybe there's just been a structural change? Well, I think the biggest one is Ryan Johnson needs to play every single night. I think everybody can agree on that. Um, Eric Johnson, as, as you just said, he's a 30-plus guy. He was brought in for some leadership. Totally get that. Um, I think that serves, serves its purpose, just not on an every-night basis. I think uh, you can do a lot of different things. You can, they've been dressing seven defensemen. I get that, but Ryan Johnson is a top four defenseman on this team every single night. And he's proved that. So he needs to be in the lineup consistently. Uh, I think Kulik has proven uh, time and time again, that he can play in the NHL. He has an NHL release. He's got speed. He was just the captain of team Czechia that got to the semifinals with the world juniors. He had eight points in six games, I think. And uh, he's been almost a point-per-game player in the NHL. Uh, I don't think adding a guy with that amount of skill and that amount of upside into your lineup could ever hurt. Mm -hmm. So then it's obviously making some tough decisions. Uh, I think namely Eric Johnson. Obviously, Oposo's out right now. But then you have the Gergensen's conversation. Then you have the Krebs conversation, even though he is one of your younger guys. Or even, um, gosh, I don't know what this is. Obviously, Victor Olsen has, has been in and out of the lineup as well. So, yeah, I think the two that we can think of immediately are Kulik and, and Ryan Johnson. And then moving forward, I think, obviously, Noah Oslin um, has, has really proven himself to be much more than a playmaker. We, I think a lot of people saw the goal he scored today. Uh, he's a first-round pick. He's still young, but he's got a ton of talent. So we'll see what happens moving forward. He might not be ready quite yet. Uh, maybe get him to Rochester towards the end of the season and see what he can do in, in pro hockey over here. And then you go from there. But at least for this season, hopefully Kulik gets some more games. And if they keep sitting Ryan Johnson, then that's just a fatal error. I agree. I, uh, I've just, I understand they wear letters, but I've just really just, at least from a night to night basis, just don't need to see any more of what I've seen this season from guys like Gergensen's. I mean, you, you mentioned Krebs. I mean, I don't know if Krebs is really, is it just, he just can't bring it at the NHL level like he did in junior or is this a situation where he just needs more opportunity with more talent? Um, we saw the comments from Mark Stone in Vegas about Peyton Krebs and what he thought of the player he was and how smart and how he needs to be surrounded by more skill, and maybe he's right. But at this point, he's been nothing but a bottom six guy who hasn't really contributed uh, offensively to this lineup, at least not enough to be a difference between winning and losing. And then we all know about Kyle Akposo. He's like an anomaly sometimes. He'll find a way to squeak out 12 to 15 goals this season. And, you know, you look at that from a bottom six guy. He's like, yeah, that's what I want from my bottom six. But we constantly see where he hurts his team in other areas. Where is it? Does the 15 goals justify having him in there every night? And the problem is he wears a letter. He, he's the captain. Um, I, uh, I am completely in favor of just a full-blown youth movement more than so than what we've seen, obviously, what's already on the, on the roster. Um, I look at the 05, 05 to 07 teams as the blueprint. Um, you, you need three scoring lines in the NHL to be successful. And if bringing in Kulik and Rosen add that dynamic to your bottom six, then what's stopping you other than your GM? I mean, you can't tell me Granado wouldn't want them down. Uh, you know, Granado knows that you know, he could be out without a job at the end of the season if things don't go well. Like, don't you want guys who can score in your lineup who are more capable of scoring than your Akposos and Gergensons? They add more speed. They add more skill. Um, there's more dynamic with them. So I'm completely in favor with what Steve asked. I mean, if the if, if, if you weren't going to make the moves in the offseason to bring more talent in, so you do have three scoring lines, then – and if, if, if the path has always been development, 
I don't understand what more you need to see out of Yuri Kulik and Isaac Rosen in the AHL that's stopping you from bringing them to the NHL in a full-time capacity. Yeah, I mean, they've committed to the youth movement with their goaltending. Yep. One of the more uh, questionable positions to do that in. I'm not necessarily sure why they wouldn't do the same thing with their offense and defense, especially with the amount of skill that they have in those positions in their pipeline. I, I think Devin Levi and, and Uko Pakalukinen could be a consistent NHL tandem. Uh, they might not be at this current structure. I think both of them have shown flashes, but at the same time, they're both very, very young and they're playing with a team that hasn't necessarily supported them in their own zone. Obviously, they both would probably want some goals back uh, this season and even before with, with Lukanen. But I think that if you're going to commit to it in that sense, you're going to put your best players on the ice. They finally waived Eric Comrie. No disrespect to Eric Comrie, but I, I think he was also put in a bad position with this team. I think, uh, yeah, you might as well do it with the prospects that you have and put your best product out there. But I think that stop, starts and ends with those two players that we mentioned with Kulik and well, maybe Rosine as well, because he's already played a few games and it seems he's a little bit more of a complete player offensively and defensively. But if you get those three guys, Ryan Johnson, Yuri Kulik and Isaac Rosine in the lineup on a nightly basis, I think we're going to see an even higher upside than, than what we saw tonight and what we saw, what we've seen in the wins this season. So yeah, I fully support it, but at the same time, I don't necessarily think they're going to do it. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I, I don't see them unless I think the only way we might see it is if it's full blown, they're giving up on the season and just then finally looking towards next season and bringing in them so they can get NHL games in and be ready, you know, more ready for next season with the expectation that they'll be on the roster. Um, I, I don't know, man. I, for me, it's I, what have they seen from the current roster that they believe makes them a team capable of competing for a just a wild card spot, let alone a playoff, like a full blown, you know, playoff spot. I mean, both the same, but um, I'm going to hit the peanut gallery here real quick. I know you guys have been waiting. Uh, Ty T Levi was a stud flashing the mitts like nobody's business. Uh, yeah. Levi was absolutely on fire tonight. Uh, great game by Quinn. If anyone wondered what difference one guy can make is enough side power play with two goals. Is this the only way we didn't give up that shorty? Levi would have had the first shutout in it, first shutout of his career in his hometown, which I think would have I mean, I think he deserves the next day off tomorrow if that was the case. Let him go out with the fam and just for a night on the town in Montreal, eat all the poutine you want, bud. Uh if you would have been able to still so, uh if you would have get the goose egg tonight in his hometown. Um Played 60 minutes, opportunistic scoring, solid goaltending, improved power play, room for improvement. Tuck Paterica's cousins, penalty killing squad needs more aggression. Second power play unit week. Uh, your thoughts on that, bud? Yeah, I mean, I think it obviously could be better. Uh, it's a lot of young guys that I don't think have had that much power play experience in their careers. And if your first power play unit has been abysmal this season, what do you expect the second power play unit to be? I think there is a holistic approach that they that they haven't had the entire year. Honestly, up until tonight, like I've been watching the the USA World Junior Power Play. I've seen almost every single game they've played in this tournament. And the passing and the cohesion they have is so much different than what the Sabres have had this entire season. Last year, basically, they had one play, and it always worked because nobody realized that Tate Thompson was just going to rip a one-timer like every two seconds and he was really good at it and he scored like 15, 20 goals that way. But the spacing and the fluidity that the U.S. World Junior team has on their power play, I saw a little bit of it tonight with the Sabres, particularly down down low and those two passing plays they had. So I think if the first unit gets going, that's only going to help the second unit and they're on and they're on fourth. So we'll see what happens with that. But I think tonight was a good start. Speaking of Team USA, what a good player Philly has in Cutter Gutierrez. That he's got a rip. He's got an absolute rip. I mean, if if nothing else, like that is such a good sign for the future of USA hockey that mm -hmm. not only was this team favored going in over teams like Canada and Sweden and Finland and some of the powerhouses in the world, but they've Aside from today, they've just absolutely dominated. I know that the check game was pretty close. Kulik had a good game, and really good, really good shot in the shootout. But this team is absolutely loaded, 
And it speaks to the, the program where Don Granado came from, the U.S. National Development Program. These kids have all played together for five, six, seven years. There's a line on this team that plays together currently at Boston College, Will Smith, Gabe Perot, and Matthew Leonard. And you can just tell how much chemistry they have. It, it kind of looks like Tage, uh, Tage, Tuck, and Skinner at their height. They just know where each other's going to be at all times. Yep. It's really, really impressive. They have so many good offensive defensemen, uh, Lane Hudson, uh, Seamus Casey, and the goaltending we saw from um, Trey, uh, Trey Augustine today. He was, he was amazing. So the team is already really good. The, the team that's going to play in the World Cup and the Olympics in 2025 and 2026. But this new crop of, of young USA hockey players is utterly insane. And yeah. uh, we'll see what happens tomorrow. It's going to be a tough game in Sweden uh, against a really good Swedish team, obviously with two really good Sabres prospects. But future's bright for USA hockey, no doubt. Yeah. Coming from uh, Kevin here, Eric Johnson was lucky he did not get cut. We all saw that. That was – he laid oh, out the block that shot and ton of respect for that, but then got stepped on. Um, I thought he was he, talking about cut from the team. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um <laughs> Yeah, you see how his jersey. That's where my head's at. The no, I didn't see that. Yeah, I gained. I gained. I mean, I I respect him just because what he's done in his career and how far you know, you know how long he's been able to play and what he brings to the locker room. But like, lead by example, man. You saw. I forget who it was. Whoever was out there with him on that same sequence after he got stepped on, you could tell he was you know hurt. He wanted to go to the bench, but he saw that the play wasn't going to be broken up. He got right back in it. You could tell he was in a lot of pain. And lead by example, right? Um, I'm not saying if you're bleeding, you know, ferociously from your iron, stay on the ice. No, go get to the bench. But he stayed out there, uh, led to another block shot. And then, you know, I don't even think they even recorded a shot against in that sequence. Um, lead by example, I gained a lot of respect there for Eric Johnson. And I think that that's the kind of play that you want from just about everybody that you would hope would, you know, permeate through the rest of the bench. It's like, oh, shit, Eric just got stepped on, but he stayed out and he continued to block another shot and then, you know, finished his the shift for another 45 seconds. A lot of respect there for, for uh, EK there on that one. Yeah, I mean, that's partially the reason he was brought in. I don't mm -hmm. think he's necessarily been horrible, but at the same time, I do think Ryan Johnson is better. Um, so yeah. it's something they got to figure out moving forward. I think uh, – the powers that be, I think, potentially might be able to come to a decision there, uh, even if it's like a load management type situation uh, with him. You see the guys on the NBA do it, but he's 35 years old. He doesn't, he doesn't need to be playing every night, and I think he could probably realize that too. So, uh, but yeah, really, really good play by him, and yes, thankfully, it wasn't a uh, potentially really, really scary situation. For Mauricio here, win one, lose one, next game, lose one. Again, some recipe, same recipe for inconsistency. Power play needs to keep improving, be consistent, and penalty killing needs to improve, which coach is responsible for penalty kill. Specialty team is key to winning and losing. Too much parity, same level of competition, solid goaltending. It's the smallest margin to sustain success and, and a win streak. I mean, all great points there for Mauricio. Yeah, for sure. Oh. I mean, that's been the that's been the double-edged sword, no pun intended, for the Sabres this year, right? Like only one two-game winning streak and nothing past that. So uh, see what happens Saturday against a team in the Penguins that have given them a lot of trouble this season. But historically, in the past two or three years, they have played pretty well. So I think you uh, see how you do from there, and then you figure it out. For where's Connor California surfing? You've been Miss MIA California son. But is baking your brain. We need your insights, perspective, angles, objectivity. He was actually just in Buffalo uh, for the holidays, so he was not baking in the sun, Mauricio. Yeah, there was no sun at all aside from Christmas Day randomly. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I had to come back home and see the family. So it was a good time. Got to catch a couple games in person, which was always a lot of fun. I actually caught this T-shirt from the T-shirt cannon in the 100 level. I got, a, I got a shirt somewhere in the house from T-Shirt Cannon, too. In the game against uh, in the Blue Jackets, I uh, I had an Odell-like catch behind my head with my right hand. There you I, go. I think I, I think I mossed a family of four right behind me. So uh, I felt a little, little bit bad on that, but when I held it up, perfect size. I don't have that many Sabre shirts, so it was an opportunity I couldn't pass up. But, uh, yeah, I, uh, I, made my, uh, I made my name known uh, as much as I could. Yeah. 
Uh, from Steve Bennett, our third caller, I would have argued that they're giving up on the season by not doing it. The current roster is losing. Um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say they're giving up on the season, but like they're not definitely, I don't think they're fielding their best team. Um, I think there's definitely more to be had from the current, not from the current roster, but the roster that they could have. Um, I agree. Yeah, I mean, if you watched any of the, the, the Czech Republic games in the World Juniors, Yuri Kulik looks like an NHL player. Even that goal he had in the shootout against the U.S., Dave Starman said he's got an NHL release. Captain of the team, clearly a leader. I know he's only 19, 20 years old, but you can tell this kid's ready. Uh, he's proven it at uh, pro hockey for two seasons now and in one of the best tournaments in the world, which everybody says is the next step to the NHL. So you bring him up, I think, as soon as possible. If he doesn't perform, he doesn't perform. You can send him down, but I think – you're doing yourself a disservice by not having them up. Yeah. From Chris Durek, uh, Hockey Outline brought to you by Fatty Beer Company. Now all you need is to do is bring back the Empire Sports Network fan and fan TV 90s nostalgia. Um, Chris actually did send us the uh, the video intro to Hockey Hotline that we can now play before we do that segment every post game. So that'll be fun. Um, love the new Hockey Hotline. Thanks. Thanks, Gary. Appreciate that. Again, it will be more condensed and better going forward. Again, you know, trial and error there for sure. Um, but, yeah, good start to 2024. Connor, I know you have a hockey game to get to, so we're going to let you get out of here. Um, any final thoughts? What, who, are your who are your three stars? Three stars. I will go with Tage Thompson as third star. I thought even before he scored the two goals, the first goal he scored was kind of a gift from Skinner. Uh, he, it was almost as if like, Hey, take this one. Like I could probably score this, but I'm going to give it yeah. to you so you can gain a little bit of confidence. But even before that, that, that backhand toe drag through the legs move that he made and shot it right into Allen's pads. If he had shot it two inches to the left, that is a goal reminiscent of all the highlight reel goals he scored last season. So that made me kind of think that he's getting closer to the player he was last season, which obviously is the Sabres best offensive player. Good mm -hmm. sign for them moving forward. Two or three points tonight. I thought I thought he had a really good night. Second star, Jeff Skinner, as we talked about him a lot. Uh, a Canadian killer. A Montreal Canadian killer. Not all Canadians, uh, as he is a Canadian himself. A very good Canadian boy in that. But obviously really good night. Uh, amazing pass on the power play over to Casey Middlestat to get the team going. And then also got a return favor on the back end and scored a similar goal himself. Um, con most consistent goal scorer for the team this season and someone they need, obviously, to keep doing that moving forward. Number one, I think you guys all know it, Devin Levi, obviously. Uh, we had the hometown same kid, First <laughs> NHL game in Montreal. He looked like he was comfortable. Family front row seats in a suite in the stands. Who knows how many friends, family, cousins, former teammates he had in the building. You could tell that he had his athletic, aggressive, flexible self that we all saw at the end of last season and we have in spurts this season. Um, I think a lot of goalies know that they play better when there's a little bit more meaning behind it, when there are people in the stands that they care about, that they want to put a go good show in front of. And from the opening save, opening puck drop, you could tell he had it tonight. Uh, and I think we can all agree that if he is even 85 to 95% of that moving forward, for this season. Obviously in spurts, you don't want to play him too much, but that would be the best possible thing for this team moving forward. I think we probably get UPL on Saturday, but shout out to Devin Levi. He was absolutely unbelievable tonight and I uh, can't wait to see him play next. Who is Saturday against? Penguins on the road. Penguins on the road. I mean, they haven't been afraid to start him two games in a row. Uh, we'll see. I, I do think you're right though. It probably will be UPL. Yeah, I think they're just going to be cautious. He had a good amount of work tonight uh, and obviously an emotional game. So maybe give him some rest and then give him the Kraken at home next Tuesday, and which starts six straight home games against the Kraken, the Senators, the Canucks, the Sharks, the Blackhawks, and the Lightning. Got to get four of those without question. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I uh, definitely um, – I will be there for the Kraken game. As of right now, I will be there. So excited for that. Um, probably one of the better uh, non-goat head jerseys in the NHL. I like the crack. Their away jerseys, I think, are they're beautiful. Probably the best like full-time away jersey in the league. They're beautiful. They're absolutely beautiful. That that good shade of teal is just so good. And great showing in the Winter Classic for them. 
the Winter Classic jerseys were, oh, my God. Unbelievable. Oh, so did you good. See, did you see when they announced that the Winter Classic was going to be there? They had Marshawn Lynch there, and they oh, yeah. had the 24, which happened to be his number in the NFL, and then uh, the Winter Classic. And he was he was supposed to give it back, and he just flat out refused. Like, he goes, how are you going to give me this jersey to wear? It has my number on it, and then you're going to pretend that you're going to take it from me? He's like – I would love to see you take that jersey away from Marshawn. We just did a we did a story overnight about Marshawn Lynch smashing a fan's phone that asked for a picture uh, over the weekend in Seattle. So I think uh, the person that asked for that jersey back uh, recanted their request pretty quickly. He's a <laughs> he's a pretty scary dude. It's not the first time he's done that either. No, he, he he's notorious for his antics here in Buffalo. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, Connor, great show, hockey hotline. Kind of, sort of, one off without a hitch. Uh, can't wait to bring that segment to you guys after, at, during every post game. Just remember, if you are interested in being calling in and sharing your thoughts, whether you're ranting or celebrating, the first 15 minutes after the final whistle, or like tonight, if we know we feel fairly certain what the result is, we'll open the room early. I'll let you guys get your calls in. 30 seconds on our uninterrupted uh, going forward. But I uh, appreciate Steve, Frank, and Matt for hopping on with us. And remember that everybody that's been brought to you by Fatty Beer Company, Buffalo's premier market and tap room. Uh, seven different Western Earth locations open from 1130 a.m. till 1030 p.m. and later with live entertainment and trivia at all seven locations weekly. And of course, they are one of Western York's only kid and dog friendly bars. And don't forget about Buffalo Logo Apparel, Buffalo's best spot for all your local, local uh, apparel needs for your Buffalo sports, whether it's the Sabres, Bills, or Bisons, Bandits. Get over to Buffalo Go Co on Instagram and Twitter, but Fatty Beer on Instagram and Twitter. Hurls, I will talk to you on Friday or sorry, Saturday. Yeah. Correct? But Pittsburgh? Yes. Saturday night. Um, go Sabres. Go Bills this Sunday as they fight for the division. Uh, I know we got a lot of friends already down there getting ready to uh, party it up until Sunday, uh, Sunday night. Um, and hopefully we'll know by well, regardless we'll know by Saturday if they are in fact in the playoffs beforehand. So, uh, we'll talk to you guys later. I'll hang up and listen.
Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network.